And I want to I want to take you to a passage of scripture that if you've ever been to a graveside service uh, or some type of memorial, you you've heard this, and it's in John's Gospel. But I I want to read it, and I want to shine a little bit of di- of a different type of light on it. So if you have your Bible or your phone, tablet, computer, whatever you have, I want you to go over to John chapter 14, if you will. And I want to start with the very first verse. And this is how it reads. It says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And I want to pray again. So God, help us all to hear what you are saying This is the most powerful book ever known to man, your word, your holy word. And God, and I realize that there's a thief that's out to kill, steal, and destroy. And so, God, we pray that you would give us clarity. Help me to say what you've ordained. God, help me not to get ahead of you and help me not to drag behind you, Lord. Help me to stay right where you want me to be in this message today at this hour that we are living in. Help me to decrease so you can increase. And God bless the hearer in Jesus' name. Amen. When Jesus said these words that we just read, this was a promise, okay? In fact, today we're going to look at this as one promise, but it's got several different tributaries to it. Several, what I'm going to call mini promises, little promises, but they're big promises. And and when Jesus said this, uh, he he was not trying to to just give a good suggestion. Jesus was not trying to say, hey, I got a great idea. He he gave a promise, and we've been talking about promise, or the promise, and the promises of God for a couple of weeks now. But, But what the Lord was doing here, he was actually giving people that are in conditions like many of us are in and our whole world is in right now. He is giving them hope that you couldn't ask for better hope. And so what I'm going to ask you to do again today, if you've got something nearby and you're not driving, I want you to jot these things down. And this again, this is for you. This is not for me. Because what we're going to look at are these three verses again, but the five promises that are tucked away inside of this. So if you are ready, here we go. The very first promise is from the Lord. The promise is that you don't have to allow your heart to be troubled. You don't have to allow your heart to be troubled. He said that. He said, let not... Your heart be troubled. So that's a promise. If God says this right here, he says, let not your heart, don't allow your heart to be troubled. That's a promise. It doesn't have to be troubled because the Lord says, 
don't let your heart be troubled. You don't have to be troubled. Your heart doesn't have to be troubled. And that's a promise, friend, because there's a lot of people not only with troubled hearts right now, there's so many millions of people with broken and shattered hearts. But you've got a promise from Jesus. You don't have to be troubled. Your heart doesn't have to be this way. And part of that reason is the second point or the second promise. You believe in God. You believe in God. You can believe in God is what he was saying. This is your promise. You can believe in God. And you can believe in me, Jesus said, the, the completed work of Jesus Christ. The promise is that you can believe in God, you can believe in Jesus. If you believe God is God, God made heaven and earth and all things in it, you can believe this right here. You can believe Jesus. And you see, this is where I'm going to stop for just a minute. Because so many people in this world right this minute, they believe in God or a generic God or they don't have a problem saying God, but people have a problem with Jesus, you see. People had a problem with Jesus before he came. They had a problem when he came. Many babies had to die when Jesus came. Thrown into a river because of Jesus. While Jesus was here. Especially the last three years of his life, people had a problem with Jesus. When he died and rose again, people had a problem with Jesus. And even today, people still have a problem with Jesus. And you're reminded of that all the time, but you're really reminded of that at Christmas. People have a problem with Jesus. But here's the deal, folks. You believe in God, but that doesn't... Do you any good if you don't have a relationship with Jesus because you cannot get to God except for through Jesus. And it doesn't matter what you've been taught, what the, the modern day influence is, what they say at your school or college, or what the media is saying. And you know, you can really trust the media, can't you? And, and what your professors are saying or friends are saying or what anybody says. Well, we don't want to offend anybody. And I told you this last week. Hey, you've already offended God, but you can't get to God unless you believe in Jesus. You've got to believe in Jesus. And it's a promise. If you believe in God, it's like God saying, it's okay. You can rest assured. I promise you, if you believe in me, you can believe in my son and everything that he represents. You believe in God, you believe in Jesus too. But the third promise says this right here. This is kind of where I want to hang out today. There are many mansions in heaven. There are many, many mansions in heaven. That's a promise. Jesus said, you know, there's not tents. There's not cabins. But there are, there are just mansions in heaven. In my Father's house are Many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you that. There are many mansions in heaven. So whatever you are doing during this uh, quarantine season to beautify your home and property, and I'm doing this some of the same thing, so I'm not knocking that. The projects that all of us are trying to catch up on if we can, when we can. 
it, it, it doesn't, in the end, it's okay right now, but it doesn't mean anything really compared to the mansion and mansions that are in heaven. Jesus said, when, when you go to heaven, you're not just going to see streets of gold. You're not going to just see walls of jasper, beautiful colors, uh, a throne and all that, but there's going to be mansions there. The fourth promise inside of this three-verse promise is this right here. Jesus, and this is probably almost my favorite part, Jesus is personally preparing a place for you. Jesus said, there are many mansions in heaven, and I'm going away so I can prepare a place for you. He didn't say, I'm going to give this job to an angel. I'm not going to give this to one of the disciples or a prophet to look over and supervise and manage. But I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. He made that personal. He came not only to die for you, brothers and sisters and friends, but he also left here for two reasons we know. He left here to go prepare a place for you personally. God knows the desires of our heart, amen? And you may not see your desires, some of us, all of us, may not see all of our desires, but oh, if he went to prepare a place for me, I can bet you my bottom and top and no dollar, I can bet you my stimulus dollar that I hadn't got yet, by the way. I can bet you anything. If he knows the desires of my heart and he went to prepare a place for me, I'm going to see a desire sooner or later. And I just want to believe some of my desires are going to be seen in heaven. We get so caught up in this earth, we don't even think about heaven. But I'm glad to know that Jesus, one of those promises was, I am going away so I can prepare you a place personally. And the other reason is, I'm going away because if I don't come, the comforter will not come. And we know about that promise. And I will take a moment on that because you might not have been here that week. He said, if I don't come, now we know how valuable Jesus was. He said, if I don't come, the comforter will not come. If the comforter does not come, then you can't be the church. What do you mean? It's Jesus. But Jesus fulfilled a role. This is why the Trinity is so important. And for you to understand, the Godhead each has a role in your life and in this kingdom that we're living in right now. Jesus came and he fulfilled his mission that the Father sent him on. And then he sent the Son when he left. He said, it's an urgent, it's expedient for you because the Holy Ghost, the, the Spirit of God has to come so he can fulfill the role in your life and in the church. What is that, you might ask? That's so that you could be bold and beautiful and full of power in this day and time we're living in. Well, didn't that happen when I get saved? Yes. You receive the Spirit of God. You do. You can't be saved without it. But there's a difference in receiving the Spirit of God when you get saved and being baptized in the Spirit. You want to go to the Jordan River and take a trip with Jesus and John the Baptist? See, this is why we confess our sins and we ask the Lord to forgive us. But what else do we do? We are baptized so that we show 
and we display what God has done in our life. So Jesus said, I'm going away. Two of the reasons that are very important right now is so that we can have a spirit that can fill us, the spirit, and can use us to do great and mighty things in this day. We're just common people. People that just borderline bump into Jesus. They, they can't touch these things of God because they haven't known God at this depth. And the other reason is so he can personally work on your... Well, Jesus is too good to do that. No, he's not. If he washed disciples' feet, he's not too good to go build you a mansion. And I'm trying... Well, why are you spending so much time? Because I'm trying to get your mind off of this world and this mess that's going on. Too many people are focused on... The problem more than they are the spirit and the solution. If the church, just the church of Jesus Christ would focus on what thus saith the Lord, what God has promised in his word, then you would see a mighty revival break out even without people being able to assemble together because the church would once again come alive. We've got to understand what has happened. And there's a fifth one. When Jesus returns to own the clouds he's gonna come personally he's gonna step out on the clouds Mackie just mind that Wednesday night I believe when Jesus steps out on the cloud and calls his bride away again he loves you so much he's not gonna send somebody Jesus will personally come and receive you and he will come and receive me Jesus will come and he will do this. Now, I want to tell you something. A lot of people are distraught right now. And I'm not trying to minimize suffering. I'm not trying to minimize what's going on. But, folks, I've got to tell you this. I've got to tell you that our focus has got to shift in this thing somewhere. I didn't know this, but last Sunday when I was talking to you and sharing the word of God with you just about how I know it's important to encourage you and lift people up, but somewhere the switch has got to flip, and we ministers of the gospel, we've got to understand that we've been appointed for this time. I didn't know that I'd go home and listen to a message my old church I went to when I was in school in Charlotte, and that pastor there was preaching a lot of the very same thing. So what does that mean? That means that the spirit, to what it means to me, is that the spirit of God is speaking all over this earth. But who will say what God won't say it, or who will just say what is popular and exactly what? See, people have itching ears right now. People want to hear, and we've got to encourage one another. But he said this, you've got to encourage and bless and help those, especially those of the household of faith. That's why you can't make these Vague promises, these lofty promises to everybody. The promises I'm talking to you about today are to the children of Almighty God, the people who have embraced the old rugged cross and said, Yes, He is my Lord. Yes, He's my Savior. And forever I am giving my life to Him and I'm indebted to Him. This is who this is. But, but I want to have that. You can have that today. You can be included in this. And a lot of times we forget because there's so much of this that Satan is in escalation mode, church. 
I'm telling you, I have heard things this week that it would blow some of your minds if you knew what all people were going through on top of this virus and how the whole earth has been just turned upside down. You, you would not believe how ruthless the devil is. And that's why I can't just let sheep continue to wander out here and bye, bye, and hope they find a solution in somewhere. I've got to tell you, along with encouragement, you've got to take the altar by the horns, and you've got to take your right foot, and you've got to kick the devil right in the rump and let him know that I'm not laying down like the rest of the world. I'm not just waking up every day wanting a new Band-Aid. I'm a child of the King. I'm a part of the army of Almighty God, and I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be in fight mode right now. I'm supposed to be in watch mode like I told you last week it's not time for me to sit here and bake cupcakes out or hand out cookies and all it's time for me to let people know we've been waiting on this time we've been waiting on a great awakening and it's time for people to be awakened if you've not be awakened and understand that God is up there taking care of your house Jesus is building your mansion he's got you in mind and we've got to have him in mind we've got to be doing the things that God has laid out for us to do while he's taking care and building my mansion and looking at what I need done. This is the mindset that the bride of Christ needs to be in right now. I want to tell you that no weapon at all, no weapon, and you could repeat that if you wanted to, not even a virus that you can't detect, no weapon will prosper against you. What if I die? You cannot die until God is through with you. I don't care if the virus takes you out or takes me out. It won't win until Jesus is through working in my life. You need to get your mind on the things above because it might be right now. And this is when, you know, people are just, oh my goodness, alive. People are, are worried, and I, I really sympathize. I pray, pray for the church. This list right here that you probably can't see. I don't know, you might can see it. This is a list that I've highlighted of church, the whole church, different names all there, and the Lord laid it on my heart. I pray over this. I pray for people trying to reach out to people. Eventually, I hope I get to you if I haven't gotten to you. But I want people to know that I love you, number one, and we're on our way to glory, number two. So let's work together, whether we're physically together or we're not. Let's pray together at 7, 14 a.m. and p.m. Let's fast together. Let's seek God together. Let's get our minds off of everything that does with this world that pertains to this world let's start thinking well I got to work for Jesus because he might be working on my front porch today he might be hanging that swing on my front porch today that overlooks the ocean or he might be hanging that hammock on my back porch today that overlooks the mountains of heaven that might be what Jesus is doing preparing my place today oh hallelujah I'm going to get my mind off this temporary mess I'm going to get my mind on what he's doing praise his holy name God's working. We sing about the way maker. He's working even when you don't see him working. Even if it's just in heaven. He's still working all things together for good. You got to change your worry every day. In fact, can I go over here? Is it odd if I go over here? I want you to do this. 
And I'd sound like a kindergarten teacher. Don't care, though. I want you to say, I'm going to change my worry to wonder. And what I mean by that, I'm changing my worry to wonder. Hallelujah. When you feel worried because your unemployment has not showed up yet, I want you to do this. This is bigger than unemployment. I wonder if the Lord Jesus is putting the last coat of paint or the last layer of gold on my mansion because you said you go to prepare a place for me. Listen to me. If it's not that real to you, we need to pray. We really need to pray. John saw a city. Hallelujah. And I'm not getting into a different message today. Hallelujah. Who's builder and maker? Listen to me. God, if it were not important, if it was more important for Jesus to stay and continue his ministry, but he knew that he had put all, he had invested all into you and into me, and it was time for him to go, because that's a lot of mansions he's got to work, a lot of places he's got to prepare. It's that real to me. It's more real than this building, than this microphone. Heaven that's waiting on me. It's more real than the air I'm breathing right now. And I know without a doubt, that it is closer, hallelujah, it's closer than when I first heard about heaven. And I want you to know God is moving in this earth. Oh, don't you be fooled. Don't you be fooled. Don't you think that the devil is doing all the things and getting all, oh no, you don't even know what God is doing, friends. And you need to understand, hallelujah, I don't have to be in a place. Hey, this is empty of people, but it's full of the Holy Ghost right now. Oh, glory to his name. And God wants to fill you. That's a promise you've got to receive in order to be able to work on the front lines at the, at the level the devil doesn't want you to work in. God's going to prepare a place for you. So change your worry into wonder. Just wake up. Just say it. If people look at you and people laugh at you, it's okay. You are not from this world here. Hallelujah. We're a citizen of heaven, you see. Hallelujah. And that's where we're going. I need to close. I do, but I've got to tell you something. I want to tell you this. Thursday of this week, and a lot of people wouldn't do what I want to do, and I don't care about that group of people. I love them, but I don't care. I'm too close to finishing to try to be a person that's impressed or influenced. And I was in a project mode on Tuesday. And I, I was staining a wall, a retaining wall. It was around 5 o'clock. It made such an impact on my life. And that message I told you about that I had heard last week, that message that there was a scripture that that pastor had quoted that it, it just hit me. And I, and I was really meditating on it. And, and the scripture was, and the form of this world 
is passing away. And I was, I was down here like this. <coughs> I'm, I'm sorry. You're going to have to bear with me. I do this when it's full and it's got people in here. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, but I was staining this wall I was telling you about. And I, I, I rebuked the devil. You know what? <coughs> if you're looking for the fancy preacher with all of it, synchronized, put together, and it's, it all works, and he never or she never drips or whatever. That, that ain't me. You better log on off right now. <clears throat> it ain't. I'm staining, and I'm just meditating on that scripture. <coughs> Excuse me. I am so sorry. The form of this world is passing away, and the Lord stopped me. While I was meditating on that passage, this is what he spoke to me. He said, what if the virus, the vaccine for the coronavirus, what if the vaccine is tied and connected directly to the mark? Think about that. I stopped what I was doing, and I thought about it. He said, and it's like he told me again the second time. What if the vaccine, because it's global now, you see, the whole earth, <clears throat> not just America or Europe or uh, Italy, the whole earth is scrambling. I personally believe it's already created. I, I think that it was, the vaccine personally was made well, I better not get in. Well, I am going to get it. I, I believe the vaccine probably has already been in existence since the virus has. That's just a personal event. God didn't tell me that. Because I don't trust the devil, you see. And anytime you expose the devil, it's just, it's not his favorite thing. But I'm obligated to tell you what I'm telling you right now. And I thought about that because the whole world is looking for this. And everybody is scared of everybody else. We know about the six-foot social distancing. By the way, I hate that term now. I can't even stand to hear it. Because it's, become a, it's almost become a politically correct term. And I just I detest it. But I keep to it. And so everybody is afraid to be around one another. And the strength and the magnitude of this virus is so huge that the only way we can know and eradicate this is if you are vaccinated and we can identify you as being vaccinated against this virus and to know that we are safe and it's this and it's as if the lord says now 
could you see where possibly, because we know about the limits now, you can't buy, sell, or trade unless you have been vaccinated. I thought about that, and I just stopped what I was doing because he said, what would that do? What, what change, what would that mean to you right now? My mind went directly to a friend that I spoke to earlier that day that I'm almost positive they're not a believer. I started thinking about my immediate family, my extended family. I thought about people in this church. I thought about people in this community. And then I thought about people all over the world who are desperate right now and will do anything. Can you say amen where you are? To find relief, to get some kind of peace and answer. And I also heard the Pope this week on a video. I'm not saying anything against the Pope. I'm just quoting that he said that this is a time where we all need to have a ceasefire and we all need to be kind of one mind because the virus does not discriminate toward this nation or that. And we need to just have a common time where we're all together. May, I may play that for you Wednesday or sometime. Because I'm not telling you word for word. But folks, I am telling you all of this because of that second point. You believe in God. You can believe in Jesus. Believe also in me. He's taking care of your eternity on the cross. And friend, he's even taking care of your eternal home in heaven. He personally is doing that. He personally will come back to take you. And I'm telling you this because I believe, I don't care what people say or scholars say, I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ could come back at any moment. I don't believe we have to wait a certain amount of days or times or whatever. I believe God's got it laid out and only the Father himself knows. I don't believe no man knows. When Jesus said the scripture that Roxy quoted Wednesday night on this, Matthew 24, I believe. Be ye also ready for in such an hour as you think not. See, a lot of people think all this has to happen first. Well, Either the Lord was not aware of your doctrine and your theology or you're not believing the Lord at what he said. He said, when you see all these things happening and in an hour when you think not, separate verses, but here. In an hour when you think not, so if you think he's coming then as opposed to now, then you don't think he could come at any time. In an hour as you think not, like a thief in the night is when he'll come. So, in closing today, I want to ask you. You believe in God. You believe in God. Friend, you believe in God. Nothing wrong with believing in God. In, in fact, you want to believe in God. A lot of people call on God. But you've got to understand you can't get to God except for through Jesus. And I could tell you where gas is 
a dollar, if I knew where it is, a dollar a gallon, I can tell you where they got plenty of toilet paper and people would listen. I can tell you where they're going to have free food again. I can tell you where this is going to happen. And I, I can tell you all these things. And people want to know these things. But what I need to be telling you right now is this right here. He can come back anytime. And I need to show you the way home. That's all I care about. I don't care if this church is ever packed out again. I don't care. I don't care about anything. And God is my witness. I've even tried to think about going fishing over the past two months. And I can go where I won't get in trouble. So there you go. But I, that desire there, it, it's just like it doesn't have the same ring. I, I, I thought about it and almost went one time, but it, it's just not. I, I'm preoccupied right now, and I'm not knocking. I will go fishing if the Lord does not return before I go. But my point to you is today, do you believe in Jesus? I mean, you believe in Jesus so much you say, I believe in you, Jesus. Because the scary thing is that this, what we're going through, I don't care if you quote me. See, and I know I keep saying that, and I'm not trying to be a big shot or arrogant or nothing like that. But I'm over people. I'm over doctrines. I'm over philosophies. I'm over people's interpretations. The only thing I'm not over is pointing people to Jesus. That's the only thing. I don't care about anything but that because everything that is in this world will be gone one day. The only thing that will last that you know of right now is your soul. And it will last in heaven or it will be tormented forever in hell because you rejected Jesus. You didn't believe in him. I want you to close your eyes. Everywhere, I don't care if you're sitting in a room full of people, I want you to be reverent to the Spirit of God. I want you to understand that Jesus loves you enough to come and die. And I know we don't say this, but Jesus loved you enough to leave for your sake and your benefit. And if you are watching this program or listening to it today, please, I'm begging you, I, I, would, I would do anything if it would help you understand how much the Lord loves you. And I don't care what you are able or not able to do, the Lord wants to save you. God wants to save you and rescue you. God wants to redeem you. God wants to pull you out of miry clay and see that's why we feel lethargic we feel we feel spiritually lethargic oh i can't go and see this is why we've got to be careful our separation is is all part of a plan you see and that's why we've got to pray for each other build each other up even though we can't be around each other fill your mind fill your home full of praise in the word fill your children full of this we are prepared for a battle that we are already engaged in. And if you want to be saved, folks, the only thing you need to say is, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me. Cleanse me and wash me and make me 
whiter than snow because I don't want to be left. I don't want to be left. I, I won't make it. I will not make it. But I call on you, Jesus, in your holy name. And I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would have your way in my life. The Bible says if you pray and you repent and you mean it, I turn from my ways. I don't care if things would be normal tomorrow, and they won't. I'm going to stay focused for you, Lord. If you do this, the Bible says he's faithful. It's a promise. He will forgive you. He will write your name down in glory. And one of those mansions, one of those places he said that he's preparing, get ready. God, and I pray over every person that's heard today, Lord, that you would stir something inside of us. And I thank you that you love me enough to send the, the Holy Ghost, Lord. And you love me enough, Lord, to go prepare a place. And you love me enough to come call me. In the holy, righteous, beautiful name of Jesus, I pray this. Amen.